The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now, here's your host, Sharon Kleina. I want to invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleina Hour, The Power of Water. For almost seven years, this next month in March, I have had a radio talk show discussing the problems that we're having worldwide on this planet with water. So when I decided to have a radio talk show, I wanted to call it The Power of Water for a reminder to you and all of us every day, without water, there'd be no life. We'd become dust. And think about the countries of our own planet Earth that are sand. They're having problems. There's a water crisis in the Mideast beyond all of your imagination for many, many years. What do you think has been the problems of anger and, and, and the uh, terrorism and activities that are going on. Different tribes, different communities have no water. It's been going on for a long time. The activities that are angry, that are happening, that people are so afraid of, are not because they're upset with you, myself, and others. There, no, there is no water in their locations. It's becoming... a, 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 a and not existed at all. It's an endangered species because water is a species. It's water. It's an organism. Now follow me for a second. When Earth first began, it began with water, fresh water. I'm not going to talk about the ocean. Water, fresh water. When the rain came down, droplets absorbed into the planet Earth and filled up what's called aquifers, internal, and in the middle of the, of the earth, there's like caves, and picture the water in those caves. They call them aquifers. And when those aquifers would fill up at different places on earth, the stream would begin, the river would begin, the lake began, and all the lowest drainage went into what's called the lowest point at that spot and became salt water, ocean water. But we're not salt water. We relate to fresh water. Fresh water brought life to earth. Without, the moment you were born in the delivery room that day, you came from a pocket of water and entered into another water of the atmosphere, humidity of the atmosphere, water in the air you're living in. Without that water, humidity, water vapor in the air you're living in, you wouldn't be alive. At that moment in the delivery room, there are no two eyes alike, no two fingerprints, no two, you're all, we're all different. The blade of grass, the tree, everything has a different life depending upon 
the level of your dehydration cause, being caused by an evaporation of the body, of the, of the blade of grass, the leaf, everything on earth. How important is water to you and I and all of this planet? You know, we ought to have a prayer that we need to discover the life in the fresh water so that we can save the planet for long-term existing for the thousands of years that we've had the planet and not let it become an endangered species where no life can live on it anymore. Can you imagine living in domes? And there's writing going on about that right now, that in China and, and different places of the world, we may have to live inside of a dome. That isn't what... The, the nature of our faith and God's will, I believe, on this planet Earth. It's the water, fresh water. We need to protect it to save lives. And what do you think the symptoms are of your life? Your stress, your lack of, of uh, wanting to sleep, and your uh, exhaustions, and, and, and all the things that happen to your symptoms, diseases, dehydration, evaporation of your body. Now, for example, in the crisis of the Middle East, they say, do you have these symptoms? Do you have fatigue? That's dehydration. Do you have mouth ulcers and dry mouth and, and, and coated tongue? That's dehydration. Itchy burning eyes. Did you know at the surface of the eyes are 98% water? Yes, at the surface of your eye, when that eyelid is open, depends upon the moisture absorption from the atmosphere, the humidity of the water vapor of the air. It's, it's, it's common sense. Itchy burning eyes caused by dehydration, loss of water. Bloating of the abdomen, lack of water. Constipation and diarrhea, lack of water. Itchy skin and rashes, lack of water. We could go on and on. So around the world, what is happening and they're talking about people in different countries. They do not have proper sanitation because they don't have water. Now, you can look that up on search U.S. water crises on the Middle East and their water problems. Look under search water wars in South Africa, and you'll learn more about that. Search U.S. water crisis. Oh, what is going on in California? You know, I've said it for seven years. In California, with all of the opportunities of the amazing people in Hollywood and all of the celebrities that talk about water, can you imagine in California the drought? They didn't even think about it, did they? Or, oh, I'm sorry, they did think about it, but they didn't do anything about it. Now, somebody did years and years ago, the former Governor Brown built these wonderful irrigation canals through Southern California to be able to irrigate the crops and the, for the ranchers and more. But did you know that those irrigation canals, when they're, when they're feeding moisture water onto, this, onto the fields, that feeds the aquifers. If the aquifers are not getting enough rain, the uh, irrigation canals can be the support, the supplement. If you don't have enough water in those aquifers, you're out of business. Those canals irrigating those agricultural fields are vital to those aquifers for the future of California to exist as a territory. I'm not even talking about human life. 
because human life is going to be leaving. They're going to be terrified. They won't be able to stay. For many, many years, California has been depending upon the Colorado River out of Colorado. Many states have. You can find that one over on Water Wars on House Passes Drought Bill, California Water Bill Moves to the Senate. They said here in this article, the Democrats and the Republicans finally agreed on trying to get the water distributed throughout California because Northern California did not plan on the water problems. Well, guess what? It's been discussed by celebrities for years, but nobody did anything about it. I've been talking about it. Other water advocates, people who are concerned about our planet, have been talking about it. You can go over to that one, look up water wars. California is listed under what's going to happen with water wars. Because California will have serious problems and differences in California. Because Northern California did not plan on they didn't proactively prepare for human life to live in California. So today, the reminder to you on this show and forever, we need your help. Let's start listening to reminding ourselves of what we're made up of on this planet Earth. Let's think about our children. You know, I listened to the reports on the news about our huge debt. I, I guess they're not going to think about the water because they keep getting deeper in debt. So these children being born in the next 100 years are going to be paying for our mistakes because we were so greedy not to think about what's best for the future of our future lives on this planet. We've got to get serious. It's water first and everything else second. It has to be or there will be no planet in the many years to come. And isn't that strange? that people could be so selfish and their dollar bill goes toward what? What's it going toward? It should be water at all times first. But we got to study the technology of it so the technology of the water is being used for this best purposes. It's a technology. It's not just because of nature. It cannot flow all to the ocean and the ocean come up and not have enough fresh water. We must have enough fresh, clean, safe water. Okay, today we're going to have Sharon Hollander on, and there's another favorite subject we've had on our show for many years, is your health. It's vital. Without the water, you are not healthy, but there's a medical practice. She's a medical practice expert and author of Medical Billing Horror Stories, and we all know about them because we've all personally experienced them, and do we have a lot of them coming here soon? A lot of horror stories, everyone. I don't think you could have a big enough bank account for what's coming. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, with just a mist. Nature's Tears is a supplement to the tear film, the surface of your eye, to supplement like you drink the water every day, I hope, 8 to 10 glasses. But Nature's Mist is a supplement with just a mist of tissue culture graded water to supplement your eyes every day for lack of water because the air is not giving us enough of the moisture required for the healthy eye. We'll listen to our sponsor, and we'll be right back with Sharon Hollander. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. 
Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Listening to the Sharon Kleiner Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to Sharon Kleiner Hour at Yahoo.com. That's Sharon Kleiner Hour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Sharon, are you with us? I am. Thank you. It's well, thank you for Sharon. joining us today. Uh, tell us, uh, Sharon, you're, in the, you do, um, you're an expert, a somewhat authority on medical practice and the author of Medical Billing Horror Stories. How did you get started on that? Well, you know, I've been in practice for many years doing billing primarily for physicians and surgeons. Uh-huh. And there wasn't a day that didn't go by where somebody wouldn't call me and ask me, so what are the other doctors doing about this, that, or the other thing? Mm-hmm. And so it came to me as sort of an epiphany that there's really a need out there to determine what needs to be done in order to bill claims correctly, and some of the case studies of people who have billed them not so correctly, and what are the consequences that these physicians have suffered as a result of not doing the billing correctly. And the consequences have ranged anywhere from, you know, having to reimburse, you know, a few hundred dollars to millions of dollars in reimbursement and fines, Mm -hmm. and all the way up through imprisonment for criminal activity. Now, you're talking about the doctors that overbill the patient. Well, it's primarily what happens is, is there, there's a whole spectrum of issues that arise. Mm-hmm. Primarily, it is a combination of doctors who are either just not following laws in some fashion. So mm-hmm. they're either not billing the insurance companies correctly, they're not billing the patients correctly, they're not following guidelines that have been set forth by federal regulators such as Medicare. Now, we've heard on the news this last year about a uh, group of doctors, which you could probably remind us of what it was about, Not uh, uh, the uh, back east. I don't think they were doctors. They were businessmen who got into the business of uh, where the, the medical costs were overbilled and uh, they would share in some of that. Do you remember those stories? I don't personally, but it, it's very common. What happens is, is that I don't, you know, there's obviously there's criminal behavior in every sector, and sometimes in the healthcare sector, one of the things that I found most shocking when I was doing research for my book is that there's a huge influx of criminal fraud that takes place, and what it is is just like patients or um, uh, clients are having their identity stolen. People are stealing physician numbers and provider numbers and using that to send the claims to Medicare and 
collect that's, money. That's what they were doing. That's yeah. what I was hearing, those reports. And they were stealing provider numbers. Right. Right. And that's going to become more common, Sharon, with all this sophistication of hacking. Oh, yeah. It's amazing because, you know, Medicare has very strict guidelines for physicians and hospitals mm-hmm. and any healthcare organization that if mm-hmm. any of their computer systems are compromised or hacked, they have to mm-hmm. send a report to Medicare. But And doctor's offices probably don't have what we have at our company. Uh, uh, we have a staff that really watches all of that. And as soon as we think we see something, we react that moment. Right. Doctors' offices are so busy seeing their patients and doing all that they do, they may become very complacent. That's correct. About, they don't have uh, yeah. infrastructure. But what's right. interesting about but the hacking situation is that Medicare doesn't tell, like it's not a two-way street. So Medicare will require a physician or a healthcare organization to report that they've been hacked into. But Medicare never tells you when somebody hacked into Medicare. Why? I don't know. They just don't. No, you must have an evaluation to that. I don't mean, I don't put you out on the limb, but just an analysis of some kind of of an evaluation that doesn't have to be, you're you're sure. But what do you think is causing that? Why don't they want it? Because that's a waste of money. Well, yeah, I mean, the thing is, Medicare, you know, they don't feel that they it's something that needs to be released to the public, put it that way. So I'm sure that there are government websites and things that you can, you know, research and find if Medicare's been hacked. Now, Sharon, don't you think that out of all that is going on, it's the government that probably, because it's so distracting. Uh, for example, when you have so many people, doing so many things, all these uh, d- d- uh, uh, descriptions of what they're doing every day, right. that when they're sick, I was on a plane one time with somebody from a high place, and they huh. said, Sharon, you would be surprised with the IRS how many mistakes they make every single day. Right. And she said, you know, and of course, here we're living with more of what is going on with health care and all of this openness on the internet, not in hard copy files anymore, on the internet in computer software that could be hacked to where people that are really sophisticated at criminal activity, they say the most successful criminal is somebody who gets away with it, gets away with it, gets away with it, and gets away with it. In other words, they practiced how to do it. Right. So now we're learning, they're learning out there all over the world, from all over the world, how to come in and, and, and hack into the uh, confidentiality of the doctor's offices or the, the government of what they're doing. And if they are not, I can understand the doctor's not catching it because they probably don't want to have somebody else full-time looking for that. But the government should catch it immediately because they've got no end of employees. To ha- they can hire them. Well, you know, it's interesting because, well, I mean, this statistic might shock you, but every month Medicare alone gets over 80 million provider claims. Wow. So, you know, a lot of times it, it's not people that are actually, in the old days they had people that now, were... Now, Sharon, what do you think is going to happen now that they have the uh, Obama, let's call it the healthcare thing, on the Internet the way it is? It's not the way it used to be. It's altogether open. Have you signed up yet? No, I don't. I'm in a small group. I don't have to. So you don't have involved. to put your confidentiality on there like others might have to. No, but the thing is, that's the thing about confidentiality. I mean, one of the one of the sections in my book talks about, you know, it's called the HIPAA healthcare 
Information Portability Act. Uh-huh. And doctors inadvertently will violate patients' privacies all the time. We get calls, you know, because we're a billing company and we're off-site. We get calls all the time from somebody saying, I'm calling regarding my husband's bill, my wife's bill. Well, unless that patient has signed a written authorization for us to release information, we can't talk to that person. Right. And so, you know, doctor's offices sometimes... They're behind on on being well, savvy. Well, you know, I'm going to share to you, practical. I have no end of doctors on my team all around the world. And uh, do you have a friend that's a doctor? Do I? I know doctors. Do you have a friend that's a doctor? <laughs> I do. Well, okay. Do you know when the doctor gets up in the morning and they get in their automobile and they go to work, their mind is on the patients. They walk in. They have no end of staff they have to personally pay for. Right. Equipment, everything that it takes to run a practice, an entrepreneur business. Um, they walk in and immediately, Sharon, they start seeing patients as soon as they walk in the door. Right. And then they're seeing patients until when? And then if they are doctors who have to go to the hospital for rounds, right. they're, seeing, they're seeing patients in the hospital before they get to the, uh, their offices or after office after the office is closed to go on rounds at the hospital. They go on rounds at the, uh, during the weekend. Doctors, you'll never find a more dedicated to their professions and, and, and distracted away from their own personal lives and life in general than a doctor that sees patients all day because their mind is on that patient's needs that are tugging and pulling on them. And Sharon, do you ever go to the doctor before the problem or do you go to the doctor when there's a problem? Many of us go when there's a problem. So they're not seeing people with no complaints. Correct. So they're seeing people. Other than, I mean, there, so what, there are the what I'm patients. after here is they're practicing their health, all of the billing and all the things they have to practice and keep on top of that, they're having to depend upon their office managers to do that. Correct. So if the office manager has fallen through the cracks or took an ev- taken a vacation and somebody was helping them for the moment but not really fully in charge, they are going to be as guilty as some of this as the government because the government is inundated when they walk in their walls. They're distracted because there's so many people hired to do those occupational descriptions. And it's going to get worse. It's it never going to get, get better. And what did you guys find uh, some of these horror stories that people are going through right now? Well, it's terrible. I mean, one like from the patient's perspective, we found out that 85% of most bills, medical bills, which you know, primarily from the hospital perspective, the hospital bills specifically, mm-hmm. 85% of them have errors on them. Yes, that's what I've been told. And so it's really important for a patient to get a copy of their medical bills, scrutinize the bill for accuracy. And, you know, it's difficult because it's all coded. It's sort of like in a secret language because mm-hmm. they use numerical codes. They use diagnostic Initials. codes. Initials. Yeah, things so. Yeah, number codes and, uh, exactly. uh, and letters. Uh, and and uh, it's too bad that, you know, that's something you could put on your next book, that have a manual for every single person that goes to the hospital or a doctor's office that those brochures and manuals are sitting there for them to walk away that when you are billed, go by this guideline. Right. Hire, if you can't do it yourself, get somebody in your family or a friend to help you learn how to do this. Right. But it's interesting because even with that being said, you know, there's so many different um, criteria that 
make up a physician's bill or a hospital bill that it would, you know, it's just you'd have to take a class in medical billing for five years just to go be a patient. Well, I know somebody in my location here in Southern Oregon that they bring in volunteers to help the senior citizens do that. Right. And the volunteers help them learn to look at those bills and understand them. Their insurance bills, their medical ex- bills that come in, everything. Right. So they're, they're, they can help them figure that out and they won't be overbilled or there won't be a mistake that won't be found. And I can't believe that this, that this can't be, uh, now that you're bringing this to attention to the world out there here, that people cannot be alerted that uh, this is happening. There's, uh, human errors do happen. Right. And let's don't say it's intentional. Let's just say the word human errors happen and that people need to double check. I know of a case where a person was overbilled in a hospital and she was out of town and she got food poisoning and she had to go in the hospital just for a few hours. It was $4,000 just for a few hours. Right. And she didn't stay in overnight. It was just for a few hours and, and she didn't have the money. To pay all that and her credit, of course, it was just destroyed. Mm-hmm. The young girl. Uh, can you imagine what's going to happen now with these horrible, um, these uh, on these new uh, health insurance that's happening with uh, our national health care planning on these premiums? Yeah, but it's people... not only that. What, what's happening is that the the new health care is restricting where the patients can get care. So unless you're like especially in New York, there were a lot of people that were complaining about how the only hospital that was included in their health plan was maybe 60 miles away. So, oh but in New gosh. York with traffic and everything, can you imagine what that would be like? And so, you know, typical like the story. You know, of you've your been friend. at this, Sharon, for a while, and I've been in healthcare for oh about 40 years. Um, I'm going to ask you something because I I try to rationalize. Mm-hmm. What's going on here? I mean, I want to be rational um, about it. And what do you think, uh, you know, this health care planning, why do you think they brought it out that way so everybody affected at once to create a a, a monstrous problem to the innocent, and yet they wanted to help sincerely those who didn't want to go on public assistance or didn't qualify for public assistance health care programs. They, they wanted to help them get their health care. But what about all these other millions of people? Right. Well, for one thing, as you know, people that write policy and write laws are not in the trenches. You know, so what they do is they put together some type of committee of some sort. The Affordable Health Care Act it was an astronomical um, beast to understand it has something like 900 pages of rules and regulations. Even the lawmakers don't even fully comprehend. And so they didn't take into the logistics of the impact on patients, insurance companies. You know, they come up with these laws, and then they have to actually implement them. But if you look back historically, when Medicare first started, it didn't work either. You know, it was too, there were too many bumps in the road. And eventually, years, you know, I think it came out in How could you compare, I'm going to ask you something because you, you know so much more than I do. How could you compare the Medicare when there were so few senior citizens compared to the whole population in the United States right now? 
Yeah, I mean, well, this that's... is the whole population affected, not the senior citizen. Right. I mean, when that launched, and it's like they tried to use the Boston, I mean, the Massachusetts one. Well, that's not a, that's a small little tiny state. Right. And, and the senior citizens, uh, when they launched the Medicare, right. uh, was such a small part of our population to enact something that eventually would hopefully work. Well, look at this one. Yeah, well, I think Wait until everybody vote. starts paying the penalties. They're going to think they, uh, I mean, do you think they're going to buy a pizza that week? You know do you what? think they're going to go buy as a child? Uh, oh, uh, their uh, their re, um, their uh, membership into the sports thing they are involved in and buy them the new year. No, these people that they say they want to help won't have any money left over. Right. None. But you know, I and mean, the people that wrote the laws aren't the people that you know are being the, affected. Exactly. They're the ones on Medicare. They're in the Senate. They're not. You know. They're not the ones in the trenches, but it, it's in some ways it's failing at this point, like because the people that they were trying to give insurance to, the 39 million uninsured Americans, between you know uh, lower age people like less than 35, I believe was their target market. Those people aren't the ones enrolling. And they didn't have health care before. And you're, again, uh, you'll probably be writing a book about all this and making a ton of money at all these mistakes everybody's making because you're learning. Um, we, I'm in the business with what I do with biologic aqua research to, for, you, for everybody to be healthy, want right. to strive and work every day. When you get out of bed, put your feet on the ground, make your hobby, make your excitement that day, being a healthy person because that's important to everybody living around you if you're right. healthy. Uh, we need to take a moment from with our sponsor, Sharon, and we're going to come back and write down some of these things that you need people, people need to be advised about, what they need to look for. Okay. Um, because they even if you have a big checkbook and you can afford anything, do you really want to be cheated or have a mistake happen on your billing if you didn't catch it? It's, 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 it's hard. It, it makes it difficult for those who couldn't afford it because the practice, it gets out of control. People are making too many mistakes, as you're finding. Right. But don't go anywhere, Sharon. We'll be right back. We'll talk to you in a minute. Thanks. We'll listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist with Just a Mist. Did you know at the surface of your eyes what vision impairment is? Dehydration, water loss at the surface of the eye. The evaporation of your eyes begins at birth when that eyelid opens. From that moment on, the eyes have a dehydration. Nature's Tears Eye Mist is that supplement with Just a Mist, the tissue culture grade of water. We'll listen to our sponsor, and we'll be right back with Sharon Hollander. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. 
You're listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Sharon, uh, before we took our moment there with our sponsor, what what is some of the, you know, as like I said, if a person can afford anything, they need to be aware of the mistakes. And so what are you doing out there and your t- team uh, to get it out there that every when people go to the doctor, is there something they need to do when they see the doctor right then and there to get them disciplined to start carrying home uh, the paperwork? Now, one, one of the things I recommend is that what patients should be doing is, you know, creating their own little filing system. Okay. And so that every time they go to a doctor, they match up, because when they bill your insurance, let's just assume that we're talking to patients who do have some type of insurance, whether it's Medicare or commercial insurance. You will get a copy of what's called an explanation of benefits, which will outline what it is the insurance company received in their bill and how much they paid out and what they feel is the patient's responsibility or coinsurance. It's very important to match up those paperworks with a copy of the bill that you're sent from the providers and a copy of what you receive back from your insurance company and make sure it's accurate. The first accuracy issue that you need to address is are you being billed for the correct date of service that you were seen by that provider and the correct provider? And also oh, check the date. Check the date in case they had the wrong date and had somebody else. Right. Is that, is so that what you're thinking? Yeah, is? it's very important. Sometimes okay. they have the wrong patient. Sometimes they're just mixing up. You know, it's very easy to transpose a, a patient account number. Okay. So you're going to get a copy of an explanation of bill, and you're going to say, wait a minute, I didn't see the doctor on that date. So that's mm-hmm. the very first thing that you want to verify. Okay. And then, depending on what type of services you have, you mm-hmm. will re- may receive multiple... Um, bills from multiple providers for the same situation. So, for instance, like your friend you were talking about that had food poisoning, mm-hmm. if they went to the doc- the hospital, they would get a bill from the hospital, they would get a bill from the emergency room provider that saw them, they may mm-hmm. get a, prov- a bill from the x-ray mm-hmm. or the radiologist if they had an x-ray. If mm-hmm. they had any blood work or l- urine testing, mm-hmm. they'll get a mm-hmm. bill from the pathologist. Mm-hmm. In addition to that, hospital bill that may be $4,000. Mm-hmm. So they may not even be finished receiving those bills. So it's really mm-hmm. important if they have surgery for any reason, they're going to get a bill from the um, anesthesiologist and the surgeon and mm-hmm. potentially the pathologist who, if they have any body parts that are sent to pathology, then you get mm-hmm. a, prof- a separate professional bill from the pathologist that read the specimen. And so mm-hmm. it's really confusing for patients because it'll say... On the hospital bill, pathology, because that's the department within the hospital, but then the provider may be included in that hospital billing or it may be separate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if they, like a specialist sometimes, you'll be in the emergency room and they'll say, you know what, I really need you to see, I'm going to call in a specialist, an orthopedic surgeon or a dermatologist or a different specialist, and then you'll get another bill from those people. Mm So accuracy. So the person needs to have a, and I've said this forever, we all should have a, a, a log book every day that we keep track of our health issues, our symptoms, and if we should go to the doctor, we walk in with our log book, and then when you walk out, you've got 
also you're wanting some paperwork as you leave from the staff to verify the fact of what you had done there so that, that when those bills start coming, you, you can compare to it. Exactly. And the patient's entitled to get a copy of their bill. Um, typically, when you're dealing in a physician's office, they use a piece of paper that they call a super bill, which mm-hmm. is an item, it's sort of a summary of everything that was rendered mm-hmm. to the patient. And mm-hmm. efficient doctors will have that readily available at the time that the patient leaves the office. Many times because of backlog and the migration now for electronic medical records, mm-hmm. sometimes that paperwork is delayed, but they're able to not actually produce it and hand it to the patient you know, upon mm-hmm. their leaving the office. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so the first thing is accuracy. The second thing you want to look at when you're looking at copies of bills is that were you were those services actually rendered to you? Right. And right. how much they cost, you know. Like recently I had a client call me that she received a bill that was outrageous and because she has a high deductible, they're turning to her for the as the patient responsibility. And she was billed something at $4,000. And then I went into the Medicare fee schedule and I told her Medicare reimburses that same procedure at $292. Mm-hmm. So she wrote back to the hospital or the healthcare facility and asked for a clarification on why it was a thousand times marked up from what Medicare pays. Mm-hmm. The other thing that And most- you know the other thing you're saying too is have you ever had to call in your credit card company to get to the right person to tell them there was a mistake on that and getting it finally figured out. Right. So if you're having to do it with health insurance and all that money owed get to the right people to, to really get on file and get it done. It well, takes you know, sometimes a long time. I, I want to give you one case study that ha- was a true story that happened. It was an anecdote in my book that just gives you an idea of what the impact of these things are. So what happened was a provider, a patient called the doctor, and he said, you know, I got denied for a new job. I had a pre- pre-employment physical, and they denied me, but they didn't tell me why. And the doctor pulled the chart, and he said, that's ridiculous. Like, you have no reason to be denied. Like, try to find out more information. Anyway, he sort of dropped the case. He went on vacation, and, you know. Anyway, make a long story short, what ended up happening is he started getting, you know, denied from Medicare for various things, this provider, and he was having audits and all kinds of things happening to him. And he couldn't for the life of him figure out why. And finally... He just didn't let it go. The doctor wanted to find out what was really going on. You know, why was this patient denied, a fit, you know, for employment when it, he was not, for all intents and purposes, healthy? So what ended up, he found out after months and months of doing research with various insurance companies and Medicare, he found out that the girl that was working and submitting the claims to his insurance company had transposed a digit on one of the diagnosis codes so she was submitting to Medicare, this happened to be a Medicare case, something like 30 patients in the course of a year, and she claimed that the patients had leprosy because of a transposition of a digit oh, and yeah. not what the patients really had, which is like anxiety due to whatever, you know. Whatever. The code for anxiety was 3000.00, oh and the God. code for leprosy was 00.30. 
So it's just one digit, like she transposed exactly. the number. Exactly. Well, this is what the IRS said. There are so many mistakes a day because there's so much that they have to do. The mistakes are there. If we don't catch them, they're not going to catch them. Well, yeah, and the impact snowball. You know, the impact of that is that it's stored in a master database. Exactly. Under that person's, you know, health profile. And so right. they, they apply for life insurance, they get denied because they think, oh, you have a history of leprosy. Yeah. I mean, it's absolutely ludicrous because it's not even a disease that's, you know, that... And, you know, so this obscure. is happening for quite a while now, ever since, especially the Internet. Uh, there's, uh, when, have you ever, I, I tell my t- staff, too, is, for example, when you're doing something, Sharon, have you ever had somebody walk behind you and you were typing in something and somebody said something to you and your mind went that way for a moment only, but all of a sudden you could have typed in a digit wrong or a, a word wrong? Oh, yeah, I transpose because numbers of all the time. If we're all human. And this is where, uh, with our health, uh, we're talking about na- national health issues and problems. That where the bigger problems have been is not so much that people didn't have, yes, they needed health insurance. Of course, we want everybody to be insured and being taken care of and be conscious of their health. But the problem has been the waste and the fraud and the mistakes have been in the what? The billions? Billions, yes. And it could have paid for all those people to have health insurance if they just saved the billions. Right. It's unbelievable, really, when you think about it. Well, I'm sitting in Oregon, and I need to bring this up to you today. Um, and you've, you've heard about what happened to Oregon with Obamacare, right? right? Uh-huh. Yeah. And can you imagine having somebody here in Oregon that was running that whole program go after the federal government's multi-millions of dollars and not be accurate with the way they're reporting? I think it's up to over $200 million that they were not accurate with the reports that what was happening with the sign-up of the Obamacare in Oregon. There's just one little example, Sharon. Now, it's not little (laughs) that happened. And that's happening every day, everywhere. I know. It can happen. And, and, you know, it could be happening when you're going to the grocery store and you were only charged maybe $1 more than you had to pay at every ca- at the cash register. Well, if they did that for only one dollar for every person going to the cash register at, uh, let's say, uh, Safeway, uh, Albertsons, a Kroger's, a Walgreens, a CVS, or a Walgreens, I mean, can you imagine the money they would make that day with just one dollar mistake? It's unbelievable, right? And then I look it. at it this way too: is the individual who's made the mistake doesn't realize this, but can you imagine the money that they they put on their asset? To what their values are based on what they're owed or the money they took in by mistake. Right. Well, that's it's why it's, all, so impa- it's so important for people to have an understanding of what they're billing, what they're being billed for for healthcare because it's way too easy. It's too easy to put a transposition of a number so that instead of the bill being an item that you receive for hundred dollars, that you get an item for a thousand dollars. And if you're an insurance the other company, thing, Sharon, too, real quickly, for, 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 excuse me for interrupting you. Uh, oh, no. I do that a lot. I'm sorry. But anyway, uh, you know, you almost have to get a magnifying glass out to read it all anyway. Right. That's true. I didn't want to forget that one. <laughs> well, that's true because... Do you have to get a magnifying glass out to read it? I do. Everybody well, does. I don't have to wear... They're so... Well, uh, it's all together and it's small print and... Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing is, you know... 
people have to, like just like you wouldn't trust the IRS to just do what they have to do. You know, it, it's not that it, you can't trust people. It's just that you have it's to be your own made. advocate to make yes. sure that you're not. And unfortunately, what happens is, is most pa- patients, you know, they're in a weakened state. They're not feeling well. That's the reason they're going to the doctor in the first place. Right. And so they don't take the time. You know, it's, it's imperative that they do that or have a family member help them to make sure that they're not being, you know, ripped off or that, the, you know, sometimes, like you said, sometimes these mistakes are inadvertent. Sometimes right. it's just human error. And, sometimes and I would say fraud. a lot of it, and, and maybe I'm going out on a limb, but I would bet the bulk of it is human error, and then you have the other side of it where people intentionally are going after an innocent person being fraudulent to get more money out of them um, because of the billing. They didn't see well, you it. Know, sometimes the fraud isn't, you know, there. You know, the the issue about intent, whether there's an intent to do fraud. But mm-hmm. I had a case where a provider said that she wasn't happy with the reimbursement. The government was paying her way too little for her services. She went to medical school for, I don't know, 10 or 12 years in order to get her credentials, right? Mm-hmm. And so what ended up, what she decided to do, which was obviously unethical, was that instead of accepting the reimbursement from that one, date that she was seeing the patient. She was seeing the patient once a week, and she thought that the reimbursement was way too low. So she just went ahead and billed as if she saw the patient Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Wow. And she got away for for, for a long time until, you know, one of the patients got a copy of their explanation of benefits and said, hey, wait a minute, I only saw this patient once. Why am I getting a copy of a bill three times? Wow. And so the patient actually was able to contact Medicare, report it, or their insurance company, I don't even know if it was Medicare, their insurance company reported it, and then the doctor, you know, faced serious consequences because mm-hmm. they ended up revoking her license and kicking her out of a lot of the insurance participation plans. And right. now I don't, she's facing, you know, severe criminal activity. There's got to be a lot of that, too. There's a lot. And, you know, I mean, even, like, I've had even my honest providers who tell me that, Sometimes the criteria on how to do the billing is so complicated that they feel like, well, they're just going to pick the average code and stay under the radar. Wow. You know, because the codes are based on decision-making and certain criteria that the physician has to Mm -hmm. do in order Mm -hmm. to determine what code to build the insurance company. Can you imagine, Sharon, now this morning what you've been teaching us, what's going to happen with this uh, national health care impacting 360 million people uh, in the United States all at once. I'm not talking about slowly, right. all at once. Right. Now, the population grew. I, I get this every day uh, Every when I go to do my show. The population grew by 148,544 in the last two weeks. We have a population in the United States of 321,705,366 people that are impacted overnight with this quickly, uh, uh, everybody has to hurry up or you're going to be fined right. type of thinking uh, to sign up for this all at once national health care plan. Yeah, but what's even worse with that was is that they put this plan in place and they didn't have the providers set up in the network. So what happened is the patient would have a new insurance. 
starting, I don't know, January 1st of 2014, right? You have new insurance. Mm-hmm. And then they call the insurance company, well, what doctor can I go to? Well, that has yet to be determined. So what good is the health insurance? Sharon, you know what it breaks your heart, um, and I know because you're obviously dedicated to your mission to teach, get people educated. Obviously, you found that to be a mission. But I'm saying to you this, what about those people that were already having symptoms, and there's millions that are symptoms that are under the doctor's care, the prescription care, the therapy, everything, life or death too, that all of a sudden have been impacted. Their lives were impacted. I know. We know what happened here in California. And wait for the next two to three to four years. How many, I'll bet we're going to lose more people with death than we've lost in wars. Because the impact of these people to change their medication, to change their, uh, and they, some of them I've heard are not going to take anymore. It's too expensive. Right. And uh, so they said, I guess I'm not going to do that to my family. Then I, you'll see where so many of them, have just because they, they don't feel good, the family has depended upon them to also be helping with the management care of their own health. All of a sudden, it's going to be so mind-boggling. Have you ever been sick where you didn't really feel like wanting to get up and go places? Oh, yeah. Now they've got to go out with this, uh, all these uh, pr- uh, d- problems that they're having with their health. Think about a new health plan under when they're already life or death, can you imagine in the next three to four years how many people are going to lose their lives and family lose all that money because there's the person, uh, they couldn't keep up with the health care, the bankruptcies, the death? It's going to be worse than any World War II. Well, that's they for sure because actually... Nobody thought about that. I don't know if you know this, but they say, I think, like the top five reasons for death in the United States, somewhere in that top five are deaths as a result of receiving health care. Either the patient goes into a hospital and then gets a life-threatening infection or some, oh, something right. that's done to the patient that causes them death. That something happened in the hospital, there's thousands. And uh, I forget how much, maybe it's millions, but there's people who go to the hospital for a treatment and there was a mistake there and they died. Right. Well, you know what happened here in California was at the beginning, I believe it was December, somebody, Blue Cross, not mentioning names, they decided that their interpretation of the new health care law was that they had to take everybody out of their individual policies and put them into what's called the exchange, which is the Obamacare you know, the medals with the platinum levels, platinum, gold, silver, bronze. And so what they did was they canceled 113,000 patients' health policies. They put them in this new plan, and so all these 113,000 people were disruptive because they had no, they were, like you said, they were in the process of some, were in the process of receiving care. Others were seeking care. And they didn't know where to go or what to do or who could see them. And it was a big, it's not just an administrative mess. It's a logistics mess and it's also oh, it's a logistics mess human the doctors. And, and I mean, I, I've never felt so bad for people under leukemia treatments and rheumatoid arthritis and all these, and children, all the things that family have to suffer from because of all at once. This was an impact on human life worse than a war. 
It was a war on human rights. Mm-hmm. It was a war and abusive to human rights to have it all at once where people are confused. Well, we only have a few moments left. What would you like to say? To, how do they find you, Sharon? You can reach me on my um, website at www.sharonhollander.com. If anyone and Hollander has, is H-O-L-L-A-N-D-E-R. Correct. And if anyone has any questions or needs somebody that they can talk to about their medical mm-hmm. bills or I can recommend mm-hmm. somebody that can help them specifically if they're mm-hmm. having some medical bill issues. Mm-hmm. And um, my book is available on Amazon.com called okay. Medical Billing Horror Stories. Okay. Okay, and are you getting ready to write another one? I am. I'm trying to write one from the patient's perspective because this was more about providers that got into trouble, but now I want to focus more on some Have you patients. thought of the title yet? No. Do you okay. have one for me? No, but I might. Again, uh, I, there's going to be uh, some interesting, obviously, titles coming because of what's going on historically in your country. Yeah. But I'll let you go. I appreciate you, you coming time. on. You keep up that mission because Thank I've you. been in healthcare for 40 years and I people need education. Well, I appreciate you. Thank you very much. Well, I appreciate you too. You have a very special day and you be well, Sharon. Thanks, you too. Thank you. Bye. Well, I hope today you understood that having somebody on all these guests all these years have been just amazing to me. They're all um, missions of people who believe in what we're trying to relay to you with education. It's like you're listening to a laboratory of knowledge and reminding us each. Even though you think you know about it, listen. Uh, but this show is always your health and what is important to your health and your future and the future of all health on the planet to be here forever. The planet is 4 billion years. It's been doing, trying to get where it's going. So try to think about how important it is for you to take care of your health. But when you have your health insurance, Sharon taught you today, be sure and study it. And if you don't know how to do that yourself, get somebody else to help you. Well, I say every show, every every time for all these years, embrace your life. It is a miracle to you. You're living on the planet Earth. And what a miracle that is. But the power of your water, power of water, is every day. Join us. Help us. Get the world uh, serious about the water. But Earth whispers this, and it's what I mean so seriously. Do not say goodbye. Earth is whispering. Do not say goodbye. Don't take it with you, anything. Leave it all behind, and you'll become immortal. I want to thank you for listening today, and the power of water is with us all. I know it for eternity. Thank you for listening, and you be well. Thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel with an encore Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Remember to visit Sharon's website at SharonKleinaHour.com. Hour.com.